The diehard Eagles podcast on the sports gambling podcast network is presented by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie is doing everything they can to help DGens only cash big, including a fifty percent deposit match on your first deposit. That's MyBookie.ag promo code SGP to get a fifty percent deposit match. We're also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the App Store and use promo code SGP for an instant deposit match up to fifty dollars. That's thrivefantasy.com promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay per head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free of our AcePerHead.com/sgp. That's AcePerHead.com/sgp. Welcome everyone to the Diehard Eagles podcast. I'm Sean, stacking the money green with my fellow diehards Rob and Justin. We're here talking Eagles, coming off the bye. The Eagles currently sit in first place atop the NFC East, three, four, and one. We're starting to get some guys back, getting healthy. Got a rematch against the New York Giants after beating them earlier in the season, twenty-two to twenty-one. Thanks to an amazing throw by Hall, future Hall of Famer, possibly, definitely franchise quarterback Carson Wentz. One of the guys we're getting back, Alshon Jeffrey. Now, no one on this podcast is an Alshon Jeffrey fan, at least anymore. We know the Eagles won't just bench him, or, or maybe they'll fake an injury. I don't know. It's interesting to see what they end up with doing with Alshon Jeffrey because in his absence, we've gotten Travis Fulgham. He's looked dominant. Rob, what do you think the Eagles do with Alshon come Sunday? Can I say who cares? Um, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, I, I, this this worries me because I, I fear that Doug is going to be too loyal to to Alshon because he's a veteran, and it's just going to stunt the development of our our emerging young receivers. I mean, what's he really adding at this point? We already have deep threats in Rager and Hightower. He's not a deep threat, so he's not bringing anything to the table there. Um, and we have Fulgham on the outside, who who's emerged as well. You know, he's basically a similar type receiver to Alshon. Yeah. So, um, and you have Ward in the slot. You know, you're not going to put Jeffrey in the slot. He's not <laughs> fast enough. He's not shifty. Um, so, I, I mean, at best, I think he's a depth guy. Quite honestly, if 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 they put him back in the starting lineup to the detri- detriment of someone like Fulgram, it's not good for the develop development of the team, and it's not good for this team long term. So, I, what I want to see is depth at best. You know, quite honestly, I don't even want to see him on the field. Um, but if he has to be on the field for some depth, yeah, I mean. He's basically Fulgham is playing his role, so I don't know how he gets on the field because if you're taking Fulgham off the field at any point in the game for Alshon Jeffrey, it's insane. I think maybe they'll get him involved in some of their four receiver or five receiver sets. Maybe use him close to the goal line or just to get some possession stuff going. Justin, if you had to guess, how many catches do you think Alshon Jeffrey gets come Sunday against the Giants? If I set the line. At one and a half catches, are you going over or under? Um, you know what? I would probably say over. Um, I don't disagree with what Rob said at all. I think the chemistry is key, and it, 
you can sit him. Um, I wouldn't mind that at all. I think though, the Eagles are going to try and play him as much as possible. Um, just looking at his cap hit next year, it's 18 million. Um, I think Howie's going to want to try and move him as he's been trying to do for the last two seasons. It sounds like, um, because I don't know how much UC is going to be for us down the road. Uh, so I think they're going to try and rotate him in as much as possible if they can. Uh, we'd like the GM to stay out of it, but I could see that as a possibility. So I would say he gets in for a few plays, uh, at least a dozen uh, would be my guess. And maybe gets a couple catches here or there. I mean, the only good thing about Alshon now playing is we do have a little bit of depth at receiver, but we kind of had that uh, for most of the season, as you saw guys coming in and out. Um, with Fulgham, right? Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I wouldn't be surprised if they try to force him in a little bit more. We'll see. Yeah, it does seem like they're going to squeeze him in. And if uh, you know, if Lane Johnson's ready to go, he's going to play right tackle. And I do think they will start Jason Peters at left tackle, uh, assuming he's able to play and and healthy because he just keeps getting nicked up. The thing is, even if they start. Lane and Jason Peters, my lot will probably be in there at some point just because Lane can't stay on the field. Uh, neither can Jason Peters. But on the positive injury news, Miles Sanders getting him back. It looks like Goddard played a little bit in that Dallas game, didn't have a huge role, did have one catch for 15 yards. But looking ahead at the second half of the season, who's going to have a bigger impact on this offense? I think it's easy to say Miles Sanders because he's probably. Uh, maybe, or I don't know. Miles Sanders, you could make a case is better at his position, but certainly the tight end seems to be a favorite of the Eagles offense and of Wentz. Rob, who do you think is going to have a bigger second half? Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, Sean, uh, but I still think it's Miles Sanders. You know, he he's really our only dynamic runner, and he he's maybe our best. Uh, playmaker in terms of when he gets the ball in his hands. You know, I might have earlier in the year said Goddard, um, but I actually think the emergence of Fulgham uh, takes a little of that uh, urgency off Goddard to perform. So, because of that and because of Fulgham's emergence, I'm going to stick with Miles Sanders. But don't get me wrong, uh, you know, Goddard is still going to be important going forward. Yeah, I see what you mean there. I mean, Fulgham is kind of his go-to guy, his safety blanket, and Ertz and Goddard have had that role uh, previously coming in. Justin, what do you? One guy, Goddard or Sanders, who ends up having a bigger second half of the season? Um, just thinking about this, I mean, Sanders definitely has a higher ceiling. If he could go off, I think it would be great. Um, but I think just looking at it and the fact that Sanders has been banged up this season quite a bit, um, Goddard as well, right, with the ankle injury. I, I'm gonna go with Goddard. Um and mainly due to Ertz. Ertz just hasn't been a hundred percent the past couple seasons now. You know, he's been in and out. Um so I think uh, Goddard potentially is going to have the bigger season. Um, we'll see though. Hopefully Sanders can stay healthy. And really, like I said, if he can stay healthy and can go off, I think his ceiling's a lot higher, but yeah, um, I mean, he, I think Goddard would be where I put my money though. He's really the only guy we've seen truly explosive plays from this season. Although some of what Fulgham does certainly, certainly gives them a spark, but those 80, He's had two of those like 80 yard or 75 yard runs that are just game changers. And he's kind of turned into a home run hitter, which is, we haven't really had one of those guys like that in the running back position for a while. I, I think Goddard is going to be key into just giving their offense a little bit of flow. Um, but I'm going to say Sanders as well, just because their running game has just been so non existent. I mean, Boston Scott's done a little bit, but 
Miles, you know, Corey Clement's just taken up a space there. They haven't gotten anything really from these other guys. So Miles Sanders, he was the workhorse coming in, and he just hasn't hasn't been out there. So I, I think having some sort of running game sets up the play action, takes a little pressure off of Carson Wentz, and uh, certainly helps smooth things over. But big picture, second half of the season, three, four, and one. Rob, we got eight games left, coming off a bye, probably the healthiest we've been for the majority of the season. What do we need to see in the second half of the season? I mean, I, obviously, it seems like the division within reach, but what do we need to see overall to feel good about this Eagles team? I think we just need to see some consistency. I mean, we, we've had flashes, uh, especially on offense, where we we've looked good, uh, where Carson's looked good, but th- there's just been quarters that go by and halves that go by where the team just looks awful. So. You know what I need to see first and foremost from Carson is is stopping these turnovers. I mean th- they're not sustainable. You can't be a starting quarterback in the league making the turnovers like he is. So, and yeah, I, you know that's a that's a two phase issue in my mind. Obviously, a lot of it falls on Carson. Uh, he's getting his line a little help healthy, which should help him. I, I think they also activated Samal- Samalu on the 21 day window yep. to return as well. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But it's also coaching, you know, uh, there, there needs to be a lot of heat on press Taylor because either, you know, either Carson's just blatantly not listening or he's not getting the coaching that he needs. So both of them are troubling. So I, I think there needs to be more consistent coaching on offense. And then, you know, Wentz needs to play better. And I think the rest of the offense will, will start to come together from there you know, the defense is never going to be spectacular in my mind, but we need the offense to drive this team. Uh, and the defense is kind of just, it'll be what it is. Hopefully we pick up a turnover here and there on defense. Yeah. Defense is as picked it up a little bit as a late They're second in the league in uh, sacks averaging three and a half a game. Brandon Graham having a good season, seven sacks, two force fumbles. He's on pace for a pro bowl season. So I, and, and they're getting a little bit of the turnovers. I mean, that was a big thing in that Dallas game. And I think will be a huge thing coming into this giants game. Obviously the turnovers help a, because neutralize the offensive turnovers that we keep generating, but B just put, you know, makes it so much easier on the offense. I mean, you could talk turnovers all day and it, we even got a little hypothetical here over under coming up, but uh, yeah, I think you nailed a bunch of good stuff there. Consistency on the offensive side of the ball. And uh you know, the defense, you're right. It kind of is what it is. They have some moments where they're able to show up, but I, I think their red zone defense could get a little bit better. That's usually kind of a staple. We'll see uh, how things go. And and maybe it's just, you know, when fans were there, they were jacked up at home and that's really what carried the red zone defense. Justin, what do you got to see in the second half of the Eagles 2020 season? Yeah. First off, I mean, you guys said it better play by Carson's number one, first and foremost. Cause I mean, he just drives the team and if he could get things going, that helps everybody all around, right? Gets his points, takes pressure off the defense and so on. Um, but the other big thing I had that was that I'm a little concerned about second half of the season is just better secondary play in the defense. Um, and that would be in the form of turnovers. We really haven't seen much of that. Um, and it, it would be nice if we could do that. Um, we really haven't played any good quarterbacks other than Ben um, and Joe Burrow. If you want to put him in that mix, but wow, not even giving Lamar Jackson a good quarterback (laughs) rating. No, no, he's not a great passer. So I'm not looking at him as, 
as being all that great. Yes, he can scramble, but that's more of a, you know, defensive line issue in my opinion. But other than that, um, you know, NFC East hasn't, doesn't really have a whole bunch of great quarterbacks <laughs> other than Carson. I'll put him in the mix. Yeah, but, there you go. Come on. Uh, defensive secondary would be something I'll be looking at second half of the season. Well, let's get to it. They're three, four and run right now. The rest of their schedule is at giants at Browns Seahawks at home. So at least that's at home at green Bay. They've won in green Bay uh, previously won there last year. Saints at home, which again, saints is going to be tough, but at least you're playing them at home and it's in mid December. So that's always tough for a dome team. Then at Arizona, uh, that Arizona team looking pretty good, but we close it out with at Cowboys who well, I guess Garrett Gilbert looks a little bit better. Maybe they, you know, that it's really going to come down to whether or not they win the division these last two games at Dallas and then possibly for the division. Thankfully, they're at home against the Washington football team. Eight games remaining. I'm going to be the optimist here. I'm going to say they will finish the year 8 7 and 1, winning the NFC East. Rob, you seem to be emerging as the pessimist of the group. Three, four, and one. What do you have them going the rest of the eight games? You know, Sean, I, I'm actually with you. I had eight, seven, oh, and one. Okay. I, I think they're getting healthy at the right time. And and I'll even tell you how I broke it down. I actually have them beating the Giants, uh, beating the Browns. And then, you know, I, I think they, <laughs> they have a tough four game stretch coming in there with the Seahawks, Packers, Saints, and Cardinals. I think they win one of those three. Yeah, uh, I I think they beat the Packers if I'm get if I'm going out on a limb, uh, and then I think they beat Cowboys and Washington to end the season. But it's possible they could lose those four in a row. I hope not. In that case, they'd be seven, eight, and one. But I'm going to say eight, eight, seven, and one like you. Yeah, I was thinking I was even on the high side at five and three. But if you break it down like that, if they win their division <laughs> games, which they should be able to, and then just win two of the remaining five. That puts them at five and three, and probably realistic. Uh, but Justin, what are you? Are, are can they get to nine wins, ten wins, eleven wins, and eight no <laughs> run? Um, I don't know about that. Uh, but I'll, someone I'll has to be the crazy well. guy and say, "I I threw down." I'll be honest. I threw down nine, six, and one. Okay. Um, as an Eagles fan, I wanted to give them the nine. I kept going back and forth, but uh, same with Rob Giants with the win, and then. Uh, after that, the Browns, I actually think is going to be a huge game for them uh, moving forward just to see if they can build that momentum outside of uh, the division. So I, I gave them the win with the Browns Seahawks. I threw an L in there, but I think we could actually pull it off. Seahawks defense we'll looks see. horrible. Yeah, and it, if does. And it is horrible. Yeah. And you, so I could see a situation similar nope. to that bills game. <laughs> they're on, although, although Seattle they're, has owned us. I don't think, I don't think Doug's pace. beat the Seattle. Russell Wilson's going to pick us apart. We're going to have to watch DK Metcalf torch us. Uh, who how he could have taken instead of Whiteside. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Justin, do you remember we went and saw an Eagles game? I think it was Carson's uh, rookie year I think in, so. in Seattle, yeah. and they were in that game early. Oh, this was like right before uh, Nelson Aguilar had his mental breakdown. He lined up. Yes. He lined up like illegal procedure, <laughs> called back a touchdown. There was also uh, a great tight end screen that got us down to the two yard line. And I was yelling right in the Seahawks face and uh, Seahawks fans face. And then just, it got called back holding? on penalty and felt like a total uh, asshole. I remember that, but they were, it was funny. Cause it's a fun place to watch a game, but the fans are almost too polite. 
They're like, Hey, huh? hell yeah. It's going to be fun. I hope both teams play well. It's like, shut the fuck up. Pussy. <laughs> Yeah, the guys the guys behind us were actually pretty nice. I, yeah, I couldn't complain. It was I know. I complained because it didn't feel like a football game if the guys are <laughs> guys you're going against are nice to you. What the hell is going on? All right. Uh, so you got them nine, six, and one. Uh, that feels Yeah. All right. That Seahawks game I think is actually gonna be closer than we think. I mean, Seahawks are on uh, record pace to give it the most passing yards, so we'll see. Uh but I did throw an L there. I threw an L in Green Bay. Um, especially because we're going to Green Bay, we'll see. Um, I gave him the win against the Saints. Yeah, and uh, just based on what I said previous week about Cardinals being the poor man's Ravens, which it might be the other way around now. We'll see. Um, I'm still going to give the Eagles the win against the Cardinals. I think that's a little crazy now in hindsight, but I had to stick to my guns. Uh, and then obviously within the division, Cowboys and Washington, I gave him the win. Well, and that that Cardinals game is annoying because it, I'm assuming fans won't be in the stands, and that would be uh, a great game for a bunch of Eagles fans to show up. Because whenever they play on the West Coast out here, it does feel like a bit of a home yeah. game. So that we'll see if uh, how many fans are in or are allowed to come in because that could be a nice little uh, little secret advantage there. It's really going to come down to Wentz and the turnovers. He's leading the league with 16 turnovers. Been an embarrassment in the first eight games. Let's set the uh, over under or just predict. What do you think? How many is he going to have in this second half? Anything he can do to fix it? I mean, the obvious is is just stop trying to play hero ball. But I I think he can he can do he does throw the ball away. Like Rob pointed out or sent that Reddit link that he he leads the league at throwaways, and I I think some of that was just with his offensive line. So I'm gonna again lean into optimism. I'm gonna say he's only gonna have five turnovers. Which doesn't sound great, but compared to 16 in the first half, five turnovers for the remaining season. Rob, give us a number of Wentz turnovers next eight games. Uh, for the record, Sean, how many fumbles will he have that are recovered <laughs> as well? Yeah, I'm fine. Hey, hey, if they recover them, I, I don't. I'm fine with that. I don't care. All right. Well, I, I'll give you a number, but it, it has to be less, and and I'll tell you why it has to be less. One, it can't get any worse. It, it's atrocious. <laughs> And two, if he continues on that trajectory, quite honestly, in my mind, he should be benched because at that point, what are we playing for and why is he in the game? So one way or the other, it's going to be less. I'm going to say he, he's at what did you, you said? 16, Sean. Yeah. I'm going to say he finishes with 21, 21 a lucky number and uh, it's a blackjack thing. So yeah, give me 21. I'm going to say eight in the, in the second half of the season, he finishes at 24. Um, you know, my fear is that he's going to just start getting too conservative. Obviously it's a fine line. He's obviously conscious of that turnover. He keeps saying he's going to let it rip, but at some point it's going to get into his head. So I, I think eight, it can't be that bad, but it's still not going to be fantastic. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, eight seems like a really high number, but would be a huge improvement and just averaging one a game. I think that's realistic. And I think it's something we could actually overcome as a team. So we can get it down to eight. I, I'm fine with that. Justin, what are you sitting the w- number on Wentz's turnovers? Uh, I put uh seven turnovers down. I think uh, he can do less than one a game. I couldn't <laughs> hope for better than that. If he does, I'll be ecstatic, but uh, I don't see him letting off the gas, which is still going to get him those turnovers. But at yeah. the same time, I think it's still going to win him games. And 
if he can do it at a clip of, you know, less than one a game or one a game, I think we could still win a bunch of games with the way that he plays. I'd be happy with that. Honestly, I'd be ecstatic if he could do less than seven. So yeah, um, I mean the fumbles I think is always going to be a little bit part of his game mm-hmm. and I'm almost more okay with those to a certain degree, but the interceptions, he had such a low number consistently through his career. I do think that eventually that regresses down to the mean. And I think um, Sean, I think the other thing too, is he's just going to continue to build more chemistry yeah. um, with Fulgham, more chemistry with Regor, who's now in the lineup. Um, and you know, you got Goddard coming back and then it uh, looks like Ertz will be back in a week or two. Um, you know, when he gets those familiar faces back in the lineup as well, I think it's going to help. You're right about the the fumbling, but I, I really think the chemistry is going to be, be big. And I think now that he's had a bye week he has time to look things over. And if Sanders is healthy too, it takes a little bit of pressure off of him. Yeah. If uh, Doug runs. Yes. Yes. That's if he great, decides to run the ball. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and screw Hurts. We don't need him. It's it's Goddard time or nothing now. Time to move past Hurts. But yeah. Not to mention the O line too, right? Get no, a little bit oh, healthier as should, well. That should be huge. Uh, hopefully they don't just let Jason Peters stand out there and get his ass kicked. All right, hypothetical <laughs> question time. If you're in charge and you could make one coaching change right now, who would it be? I'll start this off. It, it's got to be Press Taylor. I, I mean, he's the real weak link. I know they got like nine guys in that Eagles offensive brain trust that <laughs> still I can't figure out how to get to thirty points. But I, I'm going Press Taylor. He seems like the weak link. He's not pushing Carson enough and. Carson clearly regressed to some degree. Rob, are you with me on Press Taylor? I know you have a hair up your ass for Jim Schwartz. What are you doing here? No, I, you, you're right. I'm out on Jim Schwartz, but I've, <laughs> I've I'm I've resigned that that's not happening till after the season. That's going to be an off season move. So I'm with you on Press Taylor. I, I I think as a parlay to that, there has to be a definitive offensive coordinator. We need to know who's actually in charge there, who's crafting the plays, who's game planning. I'd like to see someone else you know, dip their hand into calling some plays too. So Doug can focus on what's going on in the game. I, I think there's been too many instances in the first half of the season where Doug has made boneheaded decisions, whether it was, you know, punting to win the game Jesus. or uh, you know, some of his play calling on, you know, at the goal line or, or different things. And I, I just want him to take that step back, have one person in charge, maybe call some plays, maybe not the whole game, but you know, maybe here and there. Uh, so I would like to see that in in conjunction with Press Taylor being gone. All right, a little two for one there, Rob. Getting getting uh, getting greedy, <laughs> wanting it all changed. What are you doing uh, coaching wise, Justin? Uh, I think you hit it on the head, Press Taylor. Um, easiest, simple, and easiest move, simplest move, and probably the best move overall. Honestly, um, it if he if we could get him out of the way, get Carson playing better. I mean, that just automatically you know leads to less turnovers. It also means less stress for the defense, greater confidence for Carson. You know, it gets everybody going in the right direction. Um, so I would just say, if he could get Press Taylor out of there. Um, we're gonna win some more games. Also, what kind of first name is Press? That is that a nickname? <laughs> <laughs> Who names their kid Press? I, I don't know. It doesn't. It's not really doing it for me as far as a first name is concerned. Move I think it of food. <laughs> Wait, you think of food? Yeah, like a panini press. Oh, okay. Come on, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking Only like Justin would liken that. 
<laughs> press Taylor. You're making me hungry over there. I got a <laughs> ham cheese and press. Well, it's, yeah, uh, it's, his yeah. name's not Panini. I could, I could understand <laughs> that, but all right, <laughs> going deep there. Giants game coming up again. So much on the line for the division, but more just our own personal pride. We can't lose to this dog shit Giants team that somehow only beats the Redskins. Daniel Jones one in sixteen against or one in seventeen now against every other team four and zero against the Washington Football Team. What is a key matchup that the defense has to win? Or sorry, instead of matchup, let's just do one player that really has to dominate. For me, I'm going to say Alex Singleton. He's been involved in the pass coverage a lot. He was the guy who got the pick six in the 49ers game. So I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go. Yeah. Alex Singleton. Cause I think he's going to need a big game against Evan Ingram and, and over the middle, we got lucky that I, Evan Ingram uh, choked and, and dropped that big pass. But yeah, I'm going, I'm going Alex Singleton, Rob, who do you, who do you see stepping on the defensive side? Who's got to kind of win their battle here. I'm going to go with Brandon Graham. He's having that good year. And I think yeah. he's got to do, do two things. He's got to get some pressure on Daniel Jones and he's got to contain him. I mean, we learned from Kramer. I think last time we did the podcast for the <laughs> giants that Daniel Jones is apparently the fastest human alive. Um, so we, we just need to keep him contained in because other than that, they don't have a lot going for him. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Cause if he can set the edge and again, he's been forcing the fumbles, he's been getting those strip sacks. So if we can get one of those early on Danny dimes, get them behind the eight ball, rattle his confidence. Justin, who do you got to see um, make a, a you know step up? Who's a, who's the defender matching up against the I, offense that you like this week? Um, I'm thinking Slay. He's had uh, a, a lot of good games actually this season, uh, but I think if he can you know shut down that first read for Danny, it's going to make him look a little bit more, buy a little bit more time for that defensive line, so that they can make some some sacks. He's also hopefully going to eliminate you know those splash plays, which. That would really only be the the way that I can see the Giants beating us in some way. So uh, I would go with Slay. Big play, Slay. It does feel good overall if you look at this team because we have our number one cornerback, a real kind of legit shutdown quarterback. We have Fulgham, a receiver, a stud receiver. We have you know some young talent that's kind of coming together on the offensive and defensive side of the line. Like we have some building blocks. Guys are getting healthy. They just they just got to put it together with some consistency. Let's pick out a matchup on the offensive side of the ball besides Carson because that one that one's kind of easy to go to. I'll kick it off. Kind of alluding to it earlier, but I, I think Goddard being there in the middle of the field really uh, really just opens things up. Makes it a little bit easier for the uh, defenders on the outside, and I and I think he's due to have a big game. Wentz had some early chemistry with him in the season, so I'm going to say Dallas Goddard versus the New York Giants linebackers. Rob, who do you like uh, on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, I, I think a key thing in the game—it's less a matchup and more just how it goes—is Lane Johnson. Um, I, I think if he can stay in there the whole game and play solid, it, it just goes so far for Wentz's confidence and for the line as a whole. If, if he's in there for a play or two and he's in and out, I, I think it just spells trouble for the line and everything else snowballs from there. Yeah, totally agree. Justin, what are you doing? All, All right. right. So I, I wanted 
to go with Miles Sanders. And then I was looking at the numbers because I, I really didn't want to pick Fulgham because he just seems like an easy choice. But I, I picked Fulgham. He had arguably, believe it or not, his worst game so far against the Giants hmm. with only five catches and 73 yards, no touchdowns. <laughs> um, but then I was looking at Giants' stats, and, you know, uh, teams have 15 passing touchdowns against them. They're averaging over 265 pass yards a game. Um, compared to giving up less than a hundred rushing yards a game. So I felt like I could go with miles and just the matchup itself lent itself to saying, you know, Fulgham's going to have what, what I would like to call a comeback game since this was his worst game so far. And uh, he's going to maybe even have a couple of touchdowns this time. Who knows? Don't call it a comeback. Travis Fulgham. Yeah. I mean, that's beautiful. His, his worst game was five for 73. It's uh it's a beautiful thing. Okay, player of the game right now. If you had to predict a player of the game that's going to have the huge impact, uh, we're going to call it the Eagles' nest. I'm going to go Slay. I think Slay gets a pick. I don't think he has an interception this season. They're scared to throw to him. I think uh, Danny Dimes gets a little cocky, throws one his way, possibly a defensive touchdown. But yeah, I think Darius Slay is the guy that's going to have the MVP performance against the Giants. Rob. Who's your who's your uh, Eagles nest player of the game? I'm sticking with Brandon Graham on this one. He, yeah. He's going to get some pressure, and and uh, we know Danny Dimes already has the proclivity to fumbling. Uh, so I think <laughs> Brandon Graham's going to going to knock one out. I like it. Yeah, certainly him getting the strip sack going would be huge in this game. Justin, what are you doing here? What do you what do you who are you giving your player of the game to that you predict will be in the Eagles nest come Sunday? Oh, I think this is Carson's breakout game this season. I really do. I'm thinking big <laughs> things. I'm thinking he's going at over 325 yards, at least four wow. touchdowns, wow, no turnovers. <laughs> I'm seeing Carson 2017 right now, and I'm betting big on this game. Oh, wow. I love it. Going all in. Now, this brings us to the final score predictions. Right now, mybookie.ag has the line Eagles, three and a half point road favorite, which is. Is to me, it's almost a hair high because these games they always come down to a, a final field goal at the end or a final play. So some would say maybe you're, you should take the Giants there. Total sitting at forty four and a half. Interesting little note here: Clay Martin, the ref, and uh, our buddy over at SportsGamblingPodcast.com, one of our writers, he's working up some ref trends. The uh, ref, Clay Martin, the home team has been zero seven and one against the spread. And all of Clay Martin's uh, games that he's wrapped in three and five straight up. So it's a nice little nugget. Hopefully we'll get a friendly whistle in MetLife stadium. I, I think again, these always end up being a little bit closer than you'd like. I say they pull it off. They cover it goes over 31 to 27. Rob, what do you, what are you calling in the uh, score wise? I'm, you know, I'm calling it 27, 14. I, I, I do think we can get a little bit going on offense. Um, you know, coincidentally, I know Justin just picked once to have a big game. I almost picked Hertz as this could be his week to break a run or throw a touchdown. Okay. I, I, I think well, we're going to see a it. Big I, game I, for Hertz at least. I, well, I'm not saying he's coming in and starting, uh, but I do think he's going to break one, one of these games. Well, and it would be nice. And they did this last time against the giants and it worked well when they come out of the gate with the hurry up and they've, they've had that extra week to prepare. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple more Hertz plays worked in there or uh, some hurry up at least early in the game or in certain situations. Cause that seems to help 
help them get in their rhythm offensively. Justin, what do you predict in this game goes? I know you were already calling it big, calling it a landslide for the Eagles in MetLife. What's your uh, final prediction score wise? Oh, I'm I'm feeling good about this game. 36-16. So, I think Eagles landslide. We just take it at them. We get the lead early and then we never look back. Love it. Goodbye. Adios. Danny Dimes, Carson Wentz, and the Eagles about to go off for the Die Hard Eagles podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green for Rob, for Justin. Go, Birds. Go, Birds. Go, Birds.